It's time for the North Idaho PrepCast on IdahoSports.com. That's right. Welcome in another edition of the North Idaho PrepCast on IdahoSports.com, where we are breaking down District 1 and 2 activities each and every week. In the great state of Idaho, Brandon Bainey, joined by our resident North Idaho district expert, Ryan Skaggs. What's up, Skaggs? What's going on, man? That's uh, the new intro, huh? Oh, yeah. Yes. I told you, prepare to be underwhelmed by the new intro. I was like, I miss Wayne Zubak now. <laughs> I know. I know. We had to go with a different voice, a little bit different music, a little, little edgier, I thought. But yeah, it matches um, my personality, I guess. Huh? <laughs> yeah, it's kind of got it's kind of got that grunge feel to it, which fits North Idaho. Yeah, well. uh, sitting in my in my room asking for mom to get me some meatloaf. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I'm done with my segment. <laughs> oh that's funny that's uh that's good stuff well let's let's dive right into it and and let's let's talk about what happened in week zero there was some stuff going on not a ton we're really going to get into this is kind of like the first like official week for everybody almost every school and every sport will be competing at some point over the next couple of days but let's look back at week zero there were two football games going on up north uh, we, we let, let's talk about the one that ended first because it kicked off first, and that was Lakeland going yeah. to Montana Tech University in Butte, Montana, and shutting out the Preston Indians twenty-eight to nothing. They looked pretty impressive. Yeah, and we talked about you know John Cornish going into that game of um, the running game is going to pace that offense, and that was certainly exactly what showed up. I said that he's usually good for a fifty yarder a game, and I think he had a forty eight yarder for a touchdown. So I was pretty good on my prognostication going into that game. But um, yeah, no, Lakeland looked looked solid. I know that Preston's down a little bit this year, but that's still a great first week win for for Lakeland and that new staff and. Um, you know, a great opportunity for the Hawks to get something rolling, playing a, a decent uh, Lake City team this weekend. Yeah, John Cornish had three touchdowns on runs of 22, 45, and 60 yards. He popped Okay, so I was right. I said he was good for, yeah, he had a 60. I thought he had, the, I knew he had the 40 yarder. <laughs> I didn't yes. see that 60 order. That's yeah. So I was right. <laughs> yes. 60 yard score. I, yeah. John Cornish is such a speedster. Uh, it's going to be exciting to watch Lakeland as the season goes along. And yes, they are one and zero to start the year. The other neutral site game for football featured Coeur d'Alene taking on Rigby. They met at the university of Montana's Washington Grizzly stadium. I was on the call for that game. We had Kale Edwards, former Coeur d'Alene uh, quarterback and safety current Montana defensive end. They moved them all the way up to D now he started as a linebacker now they got him on the d-line but uh he joined us at halftime for for a quick conversation which was awesome um and that was about the only highlight of the night for Coeur d'Alene in terms of you know they got shut out the offense uh it was hard for them to move the ball at times the the pass protection uh you know a couple of times like a Rigby rusher came off the edge completely unblocked so you know miscommunication maybe up front in terms of blocking um but we have to remember that Rigby is the defending 5a champ they've won two of the last three and they can make a lot of good teams look not so good i think i still think quarter is going to be just fine but they definitely have a couple of things to clean up yeah i mean it was kind of a, a mirror of what we saw last year i think um beginning of the year a little bit slow start sluggish looking pseudo discombobulated um but i think you know yeah they should get things moving i think in the right direction but um, the league schedule is not going to do them any favors, and some of their non-conference games are, are extremely tough too up here as well. So, it, it there could be a little bit of a learning curve for the Vikes going into this season. I think they, you know, with so many young starters on on both sides of the ball, um, you know, 
later on in the year, they could be definitely a dangerous team, but I think it's going to take some time kind of getting that traction moving um, to get, to get things going. Yeah. Turnovers uh, plagued Coeur d'Alene. They had through an interception and then they lost three fumbles as well. And the key, the key to the game I thought was right before halftime, Rigby was up 10, nothing. They were marching, marching, marching down the field. Uh, they are like inside the 15 yard line and boom, they throw in their interception. Reed Barthold, a uh, quarter lane linebacker picks off the pass. And you're like, okay, the Vikings got to stop. There's about three minutes left. And then quarter lane put together their best drive of the night. And they marched it all the way down inside the Rigby 10 yard line. But that's where Jamison Kizar tried to, to force a throw into a tight window ended up being intercepted. And so instead of 10, seven at halftime, maybe it was 10, nothing with Rigby getting the ball to start the second half. And from there it, it was kind of over. Um, one positive for Coeur d'Alene is 11 different guys caught a pass on offense. Now I'm not sure anybody had more than the one reception. Maybe, maybe one or two guys had two catches, but they spread the ball out. And I think that's how it's going to have to be for Coeur d'Alene this year. There's not that Cameron cope that you can say, all right, we're going to, we're going to feed you the ball five or six times. The gunner Julio isn't there. It's it's going to be yeah. a communal effort. They're going to need everybody to step up. Yeah, and you you don't have guys that can stretch the field on the outside either, like they did last year. And um, it'll be interesting. I mean, it's going to have to be by committee. I think week to week, you know, a different guy is going to have to step up. Um, you know, it, it it's it's a learning curve. Like I said, you look at this team; it's like they could surprise people down the stretch. But um, as far as like state championship team, I'm just not getting that vibe. But um, I definitely think they can be competitive in in every week. It's just you know, kind of, can they put the the compilation of everybody's all the moving parts together, um, you know, on a given week to get it to get things moving forward. Right. So uh, we'll keep an eye on Coeur d'Alene. It doesn't get any easier this week. They go to Rocky Mountain to play the uh, consensus number one team in 5A football. That's, that's I, a tough game. <laughs> I'm, I, another, Rigby Rocky back to back. That's you're playing murderers row. Yeah, seriously. The top, that's probably the top two teams in terms of you absolutely know, what you're going to well, see. Meridian's going to have something to say about that, too. They're, they're tough this year as well. You know, I, I don't think there's any Meridian fans listening, but. There's, to me, they're still too inconsistent. They they did this last year too. They had these impressive games, and then they would, you know, kind of sleepwalk through others. So I'm not I'm not totally sold on them yet, but uh, we'll we'll keep an eye on it. But yeah, Coeur d'Alene, um, tough tough matchup. But we'll we'll see how they do on the road this week. Let's talk soccer real quick. That you know, last week was the opening uh, weekend of soccer, and there was some like impressive uh, individual performances, certainly, but some really interesting team performances as well. I yes. feel like we, I feel like we got to start with those quarter. That's what had me snickering. It wasn't the, the sport of soccer itself. It was what we were about to talk about. <laughs> well, appropriately enough, there were a lot of football scores in terms of the soccer games, you know, in boy soccer, Timberlake beat priest river 14 to nothing. Cordelaine beat post falls seven to nothing on the girls side. You had Cordelaine charter shut out Grangeville 22 to nothing. Let's talk about this Cordelaine charter girls soccer team because they're loaded. They, they have a great coach in Stacy mm-hmm. Smith. She's, she's one of the best in the state and, and they obviously, you know, state didn't go the way they wanted it to last year, but they brought back so many incredible players. Re- Rebecca mm-hmm. Hines might be the best player in the state, in my opinion. She she's so phenomenal. And so Coeur d'Alene Charter beats Grangeville 22 to nothing. And you're thinking, boy, they're running up the score. They really weren't. They were playing everybody equally. Six different players scored a hat trick. <laughs> it's yeah, I mean, and you're playing on a fast track, you're playing in late summer, you know, it, it, it's 
team speed's going to kill. I think at this point in the year, conditioning certainly plays into it as well. Um, but just the depth of that roster is, I mean, they, they'd compete in the IEL 4A and 5A for sure, without a doubt. I mean, that, that team is just deep. Um, so, yeah, the, the, the charter team is, is great. And I think there's a little bit of up and comings for everybody this year after what happened to state, state last year. I think you kind of hit on it there that there's a little bit of an ax to grind and um, some unfinished business. I kind of see this to be a continuing theme throughout this fall. I mean, uh, Coeur Press had a nice write-up about it. New school record for Coeur Charter, 22 goals in one game. And here are the six players that, that scored a hat trick. Maddie Daigle, Rebecca Hines, Regan Miney, Sophia Pepin, Alexa Shepard, Cadence Wilson. And not only did Hines have the three goals in the hat trick, she dished out three assists as well. So she, she did it all. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, the, the, this team with, with the depth and talent they have, and it's like, you know, okay, you, you, you talk about 22 goals in a game. I think that there's a few teams in the, the IEL and, the, and in the foray statewide that may not have had that many goals the entire season. I mean, I, I could name a few offhand that I know for a fact that's the true stat. So um, to be able to do that is is pretty outstanding. And um, it's going to be – I think it's obviously going to be – they're the team to beat in the 3A ranks this year. But it'll be uh, interesting to see how things kind of move forward. Yeah, and I mean, not every game's going to be like this, 22 nothing. They're they're no. going to get pushed by teams in their league. The Intermountain League is, is solid. But, you know, to me, statewide, it looks like it's this collision course. Coeur yeah. Charter and Fruitland, the defending champs, because Fruitland brings back, you know, a couple of pieces as well. And so it seems like they're yeah. on this collision course early on, and we'll see if anybody else can step up. Hunter's Ferry will be tough, I think. I mean, you look at some of those teams. You know, Timberlake always has good athletes, too. So I think they'll get pushed a little bit here and there. But... Yeah, I think that the big push is going to come, you know, at the end end of the year for sure. Yeah, you know, uh, speaking of soccer, real quick, we'll switch over to the boys' side. Um, I know it was kind of a dire situation in St. Mary's this year with boys' soccer. Like the first day of practice showed, uh, you know, rolled around and like they had single digit players, like like you know, seven, eight, nine guys showed up, and so you obviously need eleven just to play, uh, mm-hmm. but then you need you need a bench too, and so they kind of put out the call and they said, look we've got all these seniors that want to finish up their soccer career, but we need more bodies. Let's, let's hit the trails and try to get some kids out for the soccer team. And they did get enough to at least feel the lineup, but depth is going to be a problem for them this year. So, but I was happy to see at least that they got enough kids out to. Yeah. They were at least able to field a team for the season yes. is, is the big, the big piece there. Yeah, for yeah, sure. For sure. And then one last boy soccer note, quarter lane beat post fall seven, nothing. We talked about, you know, they're, jumping right out of the gate with league games. Um, this was over the weekend. Cooper Prohaska. Oh, bless you. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, this is live folks. This is not going to be edited. Uh, there's no, there's no sneeze button. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Th- th- and there's our title. Uh, there's no sneeze button. Um, so uh, Coeur d'Alene scored seven goals as a team. Six of the seven came from Cooper Prohaska. So that, I mean, that was, I mean, six goals in one game. That was definitely the top performance uh, statewide uh, over the, the last week, which was. That's, uh, that's just a gaudy stat. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. Uh, it's pretty incredible. And then, you know, Lake City beat Post Falls or, or Lewiston earlier this week as well in girls soccer. So the, you know, 5A Timberwolves are off and running as well. And they look solid again as well. So that's kind of what's going on with soccer. 
let's let's talk about volleyball. You know, I got a lot of people asking me questions about, hey, we haven't seen or heard anything about volleyball. What's going on? And my answer to that is, well, they haven't played yet. (laughs) There there hasn't been anything to talk about because, but here we are. Finally, they are competing. Uh, Most volleyball teams are competing for the first time this weekend. Um, We're going to publish it after we record this prep cast. But by the time people are listening to this, the first coaches poll of the year uh, came out for volleyball. And so let's take a look at how North Idaho is is stacking up in terms of preseason expectations in the 5a poll and these polls were all over the place there was like you know 70 percent of the schools getting votes in this first one but in in the 5a poll post falls picked third (laughs) good respect for the trojans that is okay because i was gonna say lake city might be one of the teams to watch as well so it's uh the trojans showing up at number three is some definite respect for that program and um I know they've got a great coaching staff too, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see how things shake up uh, this season. It's going to be a competitive conference. I really do see that league being very, very competitive. Yeah. Kind of, kind of like it was in, in basketball girls, basketball last year, where I think post falls, Lake city, Coeur d'Alene are all going to be right there. Kind of beating up on each other throughout oh, for the year. sure. Yeah. yeah. Lake, Lake and city and- could sneak a game or two out of there too. So certainly you know, don't, want to don't want to slight the Bengals by any means either. Sure. Uh, Lake City and Coeur d'Alene also received votes in the in the 5A poll. In the 4A poll, nobody in the top five, but uh, Sandpoint and Moscow both received votes. And it wasn't that long ago that Lakeland was not only the class of, of the IEL, but the class of 4A. And, yeah, you know, they champs, like what, two, three years ago? I mean, yes. Not that far removed. And so, you know, I always think about that in the back of my head, but, you know, Lakeland didn't catch any votes in this preseason poll, but, you know, I just, they have a good history. So I always Mm -hmm. keep an eye on them. They've got athletes. They've got, they're young, but I mean, they've got some good athletes. I think that, you know, the the, the IEL is going to be competitive, both 5A and 4A. Um, The combined schedules, obviously, still you look at it, but I mean, you look at what's the changes have happened in 3A now with only two schools of 3A up here. Um, you know, there's some, some interesting mixes. The two way got certainly way more competitive now with priest river and, and Kellogg dropping down. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how things kind of shake out. Yeah. So, uh, one distinction in three, a in football, you're right. It's sorry. You're right. Yeah. Sorry. With, I apologize. With, I thought it was no, all no, sports no, for, for Kellogg, but yeah. No, well, no, it is. So, okay. um, in, in three, a football, you got Timberlake and Bonners Ferry. It's those two schools in volleyball, but Coeur charter is also yeah, Coeur charter is up there as well. Yeah. Three a right. and they're, I, I think they're kind of one of the favorites. Um, they received votes in the three, a poll as did, uh, Bonners Ferry and Timberlake Coeur charter got a first place vote. Actually, it wasn't enough to get into the top five, but Coeur charter got a first place vote from somebody. I'm so. trying to avoid this, like glare coming off of my desk. So <laughs> adjusting. that's, that's why I keep moving around. So, <laughs> well, hey, friendly reminder, you can get this podcast a couple of different ways each and every week, uh, audio only at our site, idahosports.com, and wherever you download your podcasts, video version. If you want to see the glare that Ryan's talking about, yeah. uh, you can check. I'm absolutely glowing. Voice. Yes. <laughs> If you want to see the glow around Ryan Skaggs, uh, you can check out the video version of this podcast on the IdahoSports.com YouTube channel or Facebook page. Uh, In the 2A volleyball poll, nobody hit the top five. Kellogg received votes. St. Mary's received votes as well. Um, I I like Kellogg a lot. I think people are sleeping on Kellogg. They've got a lot of good female athletes in in the school right now. I like Kellogg and 
most sports right now into it. <laughs> so yes. It'll be, uh, it'll be interesting to see how things turn out now that they're down at the two A ranks. It'll be, it'll be interesting. It'll be, it'll make some noise. Let's put it that way. Definitely. One uh, AD one poll. Of course, all things go through the white pine league, Troy, uh, the defending champs. You get, don't say. <laughs> <laughs> you're right. Troy, Troy gets uh, the number one spot in the preseason poll. Genesee is ranked third. Um, also receiving votes, Potlatch, uh, Lakeside, and Kamii as well. You know, Potlatch was good last year. They lost a lot of talented seniors. How will they reload? Genesee always has a good program. And, and Troy, of course, uh, Coach Blazer does a great job up there. So. Mm-hmm. We'll keep an eye on that. And then the 1A D2s, um, nobody ranked in the top five, but Kendrick and Deary both received votes. They'll uh, be there. <laughs> one of them yes. will, at least. Yeah, you can count on that one. So Yeah, yeah Deary. But Deary's, I think, Deary's got the, the front hitter that's, what, like 6'1", 6'2", that she can dominate up front. So Kirk, I think, is still around, or one of them. Yeah. <laughs> so, yes. Yeah. They'll, um, they'll yeah, be okay. Yes, I I agree. I think I think um, Deary is always so good, and you know, no love for Wallace. You know, Wallace got so close last year to uh, mm-hmm. getting a state, and then they had to play a stupid play-in game, even though they won their district. And we won't rehash all of that, but we will uh, a little put a little salt in the wound. <laughs> yes, yeah, for sure. Okay, uh, so what's what's coming up for volleyball this weekend? Um, Lake City is at Lakeland, which is a, a big matchup. You've got. Bonners Ferry and Kellogg. They used to be district rivals. Coeur d'Alene's going to play Moscow. Um, Post Falls is also going to play Moscow. You've got Lakeland at Lewiston. Um, and then, of course, those are all like Friday matches. And then the big the big volleyball tournament that really, to me, kicks off the season is the annual Judy Fong Memorial Tournament in Lewiston. That's going to take place this Saturday, August 27th. And um, a lot of good teams from North Idaho uh, and a couple of Washington schools will be there competing yeah. as well. Ju- Judy Fong. Yeah. Yes. And they, they do this every year to honor Judy Fong, who was such an icon in the volleyball community and the athletics community in Lewiston, um, both at Lewiston High and um, LC State. So mm-hmm. good, good yeah, annual know, tournament. Kai was very involved with tennis at LC. So, yeah, it's a it's a good tournament. Yeah, though, man. It's going to be a great turnout. Yeah, and we'll we'll talk about um, you know who looks good coming out of that. I know Post Falls did really well at the Judy Fong last year, um, and even some of the smaller you know one A two A schools um, competed well. So uh, we'll we'll recap the Judy Fong tournament for you coming up on next week's Prepcast. And then finally, let's take a look at what's going on in football, Ryan. We've got a big full schedule of games coming up in football this uh, this friday and saturday mm-hmm. i think we have to start with the rocky mountain rumble this is uh, a signature event where it's uh, idaho's best against utah's best eight idaho schools eight utah schools biggest field we've ever had for the rocky mountain rumble once again we will be bringing you every <laughs> single game on idahosports.com but of note to local fans up north will be sandpoint taking on alta utah yeah, that's going to be a uh, a dandy of a ball game too. I, there's uh, some connections in that game too that kind of fall behind the scenes that many don't know. Is Parker Pettit's dad played for Alta mm. um, and won a state championship there in 1984? So a lot of people didn't know that about this uh, background of this game, but there's some connections there between the two programs. And uh, Sandpoint obviously playing their first game and coming in off of a state runner-up. 
um, affair last year where they lost to the hands of Skyline. Um, it's going to be a, uh, a a test early for the Bulldogs, but they've got you know a lot of returners coming back. You guys that um, you know started last year that were all state players. You look at like West Benefield and Layborn and Wyland Durrell up front, and then you've got you know other guys that are in the mix. I, I look at one of the the guys to watch is going to be uh, Brewster in the backfield. He's going to be good. I think they're he, he's a solid little running back. Um, I don't. He's way different than Garrett Cox was as far as type of runner. Um, I think he's a better receiver. So it'll be an interesting thing to see like how this uh, offense kind of comes to fruition. I believe they might be without Newhart um, this year. So that'll be interesting. That kind of changes things, losing a deep threat over the top, but they've still got Max Frank and um, some other, you know, like Ari Vandenberg and some other deep threats. There are some other guys that can catch the ball underneath. So I think they'll, they'll have a great season. Uh, no doubt about it. It's going to be a dandy of a ball game. Yeah, and friendly reminder, you know, Utah gets a two-week uh, jump start. So, uh, for example, Alta is already one and one on the season. Um, they lost to Layton, another team that's going to be competing at the Rocky Mountain Rumble, sixteen to nine, and then they beat Westlake last week, twenty-seven to twenty. And for Sandpoint, of course, this is their first game of the year. I'm going to steal that little tidbit about Parker Pettit's dad. I'm going to use that on the broadcast. Yep, do it. I'll be broadcasting those games. So, do it, do it, absolutely. And then you've also got Lewiston playing Layton in that in the Rocky Mountain Rumble as well. So yeah. That'll be uh Lewiston. I like the Bengals a lot this year. I really do. I think even though they lost, you know, Cruz Hepburn, that team is loaded. There is some talent all over the field, especially you'll enjoy watching the back end of that defense. Um Jared Jelinek's a player to watch. Uh in the secondary, he's a smaller corner, but that kid is just absolutely everywhere. He is a glue guy. And uh, it'll be the Bengals. They're a fun team. They're going to be a fun team to watch this year for sure. James White, tight end. It's going to be, you know, he's going to be uh, a great, you know, player to watch in the, like, that game as well. Yes. And Lewiston has really good offensive and defensive linemen, which is the foundation of they're everything big. they will. Yeah, they are. So yeah, you mentioned they're going to be playing Leighton. Uh, Leighton is 2-0 and with the win over Alta as we previously discussed and then they beat northridge last week 45 to 28 you know it's going to be a tough test for lewiston but again i would say you know don't judge everything based on this game keep in mind that layton's had not only a two-week head start in terms of games but then they've been practicing for that much longer than lewiston has as well so but those are the two teams from north idaho competing in the rocky mountain rumble also on the idahosports.com broadcast uh, schedule this week and you can always check which games we're going to be broadcasting by clicking on the game streams tab on the home page at idahosports.com but how about this matchup up north this is an intriguing one to me we've got moscow hosting Kellogg Kellogg is game that is going to be a good game it's a 2a versus a 4a but that's a deceiving 2a though come on now like, yes you've got Ripley Luna and, and and Colby Luna in that game and there's there's some talent for for the Wildcats in that game and and you've got Rob Bayfus taking over Moscow you know making that journey eight miles west to Moscow high school from from Troy there's going to be um, some storylines in that game. It should be a good game. I really think it'll be a great game. And you, you got, Moscow's got some solid youngsters. I'll throw out Wyatt Hardig out there. He was the newcomer of the year last year in the IEL. He's also my cousin's kid, so <laughs> gotta drop his name. But um, he's he's good up front on the offensive line and on the defensive end of the ball. So um, it'll be, I think, a really solid game for the for the Moscow Bears and for Kellogg for for first game right out of the shoot. 
Yeah, that's going to be a fantastic matchup. Um, and then we're also bringing you a 5A battle. Uh, Post Falls is going to be traveling to Middleton for a neutral site game against Skyline Utah. And we will be broadcasting the game. It's going to be now, it's a Friday game, two o'clock mountain time. That's one o'clock, <laughs> one o'clock Pacific on a Friday. Pacific. Yes. Why not? Hey, um, <laughs> this will be nice because uh, if you're stuck at work like Ryan, um, you can just kind of have the game on in the background on IdahoSports.com. That'll get you through the rest of your Friday and into your weekend. That's right. So that'll be, and, and of course we'll have the rumble going as well. And I mean, there's going to be football all day Friday. If there's you really want to eight man this weekend or next weekend. Uh, that that's this weekend as well. Yeah. And that is, that is on uh Saturday, but that leads me into the next batch of games. We're going to be broadcasting. Um, and that is the eight man classic on Saturday from Middleton. A couple of teams going to be competing here. We're going to see in the, uh, the first game, Kendrick, the defending 1A D2 champions, taking on notice a team that made the 1A D1 quarterfinals a year ago. Kendrick is the overwhelming favorite. Um, they returned they, so many kids, man. They, they lost one player off of last year's championship team. And so yeah. it's going to be really fun to watch. Ken, and again, all of these eight-man classic games you can watch on IdahoSports.com. After Kendrick plays notice, it will be Clearwater Valley taking on Glens Ferry. That should be a nice win for head coach Alan Hutchins and the Rams. And then, you know, that Kendrick notice game is nice, but I think the final game is going to be the most intriguing, and that is Prairie against Oakley, the two-time defending 1A D1 champs. Yeah, and you got Prairie with a new coaching staff. Well, kind of new. I mean, that uh, we've now seen the, the changing of the guard take place there in Cottonwood, and so it'll be interesting to see if, if things kind of continue as pat as they had in years past um, with the continuity within the program. I know they kept a lot of their coaches, which is great. So um, I'd look to see kind of Prairie kind of continue. They've got athletes all over the field. I mean, they, they reload. They don't, you know, have to – necessarily rebuild so it'll be interesting to see what the pirates can do this year and and um you know that that white pine league is going to be tough you look at teams lapway i think is going to surprise some teams this year um they've got well not surprised because they they did really well last year but they obviously have to replace the gatorade player of the year but um they've still got talent they've still got guys that can play and there's some dudes that can that can stretch the field for for the wildcats and um, the Pirates are always solid. I think, you know, you can keep your eye on Cami. is going to be pretty good in that conference as well. Um, Paul Latch might be able to make some noise too. So it'll be, it'll be a good balanced, I think, attack for, um, for that league and, and what they might be able to do in the postseason. So check this out. Lapway comes in with all this preseason buzz. They're picked as the preseason number one team in the preseason coaches poll. Um, they are supposed to play in the eight-man classic against Raft River and they drop out. And this is only what I heard. I, I couldn't confirm this with anybody, but, and this is from the Raft River people that told me this. They, they said Lapway uh, didn't think they were their numbers were going to be high enough to compete in the eight-man classic. So I was curious, does that mean overall numbers for the team? Does that mean just for this first game? You know, are they not going to have enough players that have their 10 practices in? Uh, whatever. La so Lapway drops out. But instead now, they're still playing on Friday. But to me, it's a game that's even more important. Mm -hmm. It's now it's now a home conference game against Kamii. These are mm -hmm. like two of the top three teams that are playing. Yeah. So I'm really intrigued to see what's, what's going on with Lapway this year. And of course, the big storyline with Lapway is Sage Lone Bear, such a great two-way lineman, transferring 
to Clarkston High in Washington. And I totally I told you there's a pipeline there. That's my alma mater. There's a pipeline to Clarkston. And that you know that it's interesting to see that. But I understand him going to a bigger school. But yeah. Yeah. And you know, because he's he's got, you know, college football teams lining up recruiting oh, him yeah. for his services. And he wants to he wants to experience the 11 man game, right? Clarkston plays 11 man football. Lapway plays eight man football. You're going to play yeah, 11 man football. Gonna slide in there. Yeah, for sure. No. And it's, you know, especially for a lineman, it's a lot yeah. different because that's where you're cutting players from. The yeah, Clarkson's playing in the, you know, in the greater Spokane league. They're a two a school in Washington. Bryson by their coach is a good coach. I mean, he's a great guy. I know him personally. And, um, you know, I think he'll have success with that program. There's some some talent there on that Bantam team too. And then he's going to be able to play teams like Lewiston and Moscow and Pullman and obviously some of the Spokane schools. So it's a good test for Sage to make that jump. And I'm not going to slight him for it if he's looking at the next level. Definitely. Um, and then uh, we'll wrap up with this one, one last game I wanted to highlight. And again, we're not going to touch on every game every week, but you can see the full schedule of games and all the scores at IdahoSports.com. But this is a game I think is going to be kind of sneaky good. And it's, it's up North in the one AD two ranks in this new North star conference, where you've got Mullen St. Regis, Clark Fork and Kootenai who have been in that league the past couple of years, along with a couple of D one drop downs in Lakeside and Wallace. So what used to be a two team district in D one and a three team district in D two is now a nice five team conference uh, in the D two ranks. They're going to get two playoff teams this year. So that's big, you know, in years past, that's they've huge. only, they've only gotten the one. Um, they've gotten, and, or a half, yeah, the half bid play in game type situation that, yeah. Yeah. So, um, and it all starts with Friday night. Clark Fork is at Lakeside. And this is our first because Clark Fork has been the second team behind Mullen St. Regis the past couple of years. And Lakeside has been pretty good in there. So this this will be an early one to see, okay, where does Lakeside stack up with a Clark Fork? Gonna be and really I want to say that that game is on the new field there in Worley. They have they built a brand new field turf field in Worley, and I think that that game is going to be played in Worley on on that evening. So that should be a good game, I think. And we're gonna, I mean, we're gonna see Vander Brown blow up the scoreboard again this year. But um, I'll just make that that prognostication now. <laughs> but um, yeah, it should be a good game. I really do think that 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 conference is I'm it's where it should be. I would love to see Genesis Prep eventually add eight men football too. Um, I think that would be a really really nice conference up here in North Idaho. Um, but it'll be uh, interesting to see how things kind of progress forward with this conference and its inaugural season with five teams. Yeah, definitely. And Lakeside uh, bringing in a new head coach in Tyler Petty, uh, formerly coached uh, at Potlatch, still coaches the Potlatch baseball team because Lakeside doesn't have a baseball team. So why not? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And, you know, longtime coach Chris Dorman uh, retired this past year. So um, we'll see how the Tyler Petty era goes at Lakeside as well. But man, it's it's an appetizing spread of games. We're going to have several North Idaho teams featured on IdahoSports.com this weekend. And the the goal moving forward is to try and showcase some of these ninth, ninth, North Idaho teams um, that's all dependent upon the schools yeah. allowing us to come. Well, but we You've got a South Fremont coming up to Timberlake. There's some other games kind of under the radar too that are going to be great ones like Lake City and Lakeland is going to be a great game that we talked about earlier. So there's a lot of, lot of stuff on the schedule this weekend that's going to be exciting to see. Definitely. And we'll be back again next week to break it all down and talk about it once again. But for now, that'll do it for this week's edition of the North Idaho PrepCast. Uh, for Ryan Skaggs, I'm Brandon Bainey. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next time on IdahoSports.com.